4 verse 11, Paul says, I have learned. I've learned I can abound. I can abase. I've learned whatever state I'm in. I've learned whatever's going on. I've learned whether I'm being stoned. I have learned whether I'm in jail. I've learned whether I have some, some, some issues with Barnabas. Have you ever had an issue with Barnabas? <laughs> right? I've learned that no matter what's going on, no matter what conflict there is, no matter what's going on, I've learned that whatever state I'm in, they're in to be content because this is where I've come to. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I have learned that even when I'm weak, then I'm as strong. I'm not looking to my own ability. I'm not looking to my own strength. But I have found out that when I've come to this place of humility that recognizes that, oh, I can't do this in my strength. To recognize that, 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 um, that, that, that I might feel this way or that way and, or, or, or the disappointment or whatever the case is. I have learned to humble myself as a little child and recognize that I can't do it on my own. And I don't want to do it on my own. In fact, I'm going to glory in my weakness. Because I've come to find out that that is when, it's when I'm weak, then I'm as strong. So that the power of Christ might rest upon me. Now that is an opposition to the pride of life. The pride of life says you can do it on your own, man. You are a self-made man. Amen? Paul... But you see, in the midst, it says in Psalms 4 and verse 1, it says, when I was in the midst of, that you enlarged my heart. You enlarged me when I was in distress. In other words, when I was in pressure, it was in that time of pressure, that is when I learned to yield. That is when I, I, I got expanded. That is when I got stretched. That is when I've come into this place. So, so wherever you are, yes, compassion, mercy, God help you, God strengthen you, God enable you. I'm not saying for you to deny where you're at. But I am saying this. That no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter what your experience might be, therein to be content. Meaning what? Satisfied with your environment? No. Therein to be trusting in God. Therein live out of your spirit. Don't look at the things that are seen. This light affliction is but for a moment. And it will work a far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. Providing. You're not fixated on what's happening. You're not letting the circumstances dictate your life. But rather, you're looking at the things that are not seen. You're looking at the one that is eternal. You're looking onto Jesus. You're seeing Jesus in the midst of it all. Amen. Otherwise, you're going to be in prison. And while you're in prison, you're going to be in prison. Paul says, look, except for these chains, I'm a free man. Most of this epistle, these 13 epistles, Paul wrote them. When he says rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice in Philippians. He wrote that from jail. What am I saying? No matter what you're going through. No matter where you're at. No matter what you're experiencing. You learn to serve God in the midst of it all. Irregardless. That's part of the reset that you need to make. Say reset. reset. Say I serve him. God says, I seek such to worship me. This is how they have to serve me in spirit and in truth. We are the, cons we are the circumcision that were circumcised, not with hands, but by the spirit of God. Now, if, we start, if I start describing some of your situations, or you start describing some of your situations, man, it's rough. But God is able. Say, God is able. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Life living through the name of Jesus. So let's look at this some more. Let's look at this 
from a day-to-day -day standpoint. Tell me John chapter 16. Ha, ha, ha. John chapter 16. Let's look a little bit more about this name. Hallelujah. John chapter 16. Let's pick it up in verse 23. And in that day, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. So that name of Jesus that belongs to us, it is also the very means by which we can access the Father. It is a means by which we could come into the very throne room of God. It is a means by which we could come no matter what's going on. No matter what the infirmities or the weaknesses might be, we can come boldly to that throne of grace in the name of Jesus that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Without condemnation, with confidence, we can come into the presence of God just by the name of Jesus. It is the equivalent of, stand, of coming through the blood and the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. This new and living way that he has consecrated for us. The name of Jesus is just like that. Say the name of Jesus. I live in that name. I access the presence in that name. I fellowship with the Father through the name of Jesus. So he said, verily, verily, I say unto you, in that day you shall ask me nothing. Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. Hitherto of you ask nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive that your joy might be made full. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs. But the time cometh, and now is, when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall speak to you plainly of the Father. And in that day you shall ask in my name. Say in my name. And I will say unto you that I, 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 sorry, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loveth you. Because you have loved me and have believed that I came from the Father. I came from the Father and I'm coming to the world again. I leave the world and I go to the Father. That name belongs to you. You've got a right to the name of Jesus. You've got a right to the name of Jesus in every situation and at all times to use it in a manner purposefully that is consistent with the person of Christ that is on the inside of you. Amen? It is your prayer access to the Father, to the throne, and fellowship with Him. John chapter 15, if you could flip back there just for a moment. John chapter 15, and we are to, you see the Bible says faith coming by hearing and what? By the word of God. We are to have faith in that name. Peter, when Peter and John were coming into the beautiful gate and they raised up that man from the, uh, from, um, that was lame from his mother's womb, Peter said in Acts chapter 3 and verse 16, it was faith. It was the faith of Christ and faith in that name that gave the man that perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So we must have faith in the name of Jesus. John chapter 15 verse 16 says, You have not chosen me, but I've chosen you, and I've ordained you, that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, fruit that remains. Amen? Fruit that is of him, that whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he may give it you. We got to have faith in that name. Now in John chapter 14, 
Now, we were talk, John chapter 6, he was talking about praying in our name. John chapter 14, read it from verse 10. Jesus says, Believe it or not that I am in the Father and the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you. I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Jesus says, I speak the word, and the Father within me, he does the work. He does the work. He does the works. Now the Bible says that in, in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, that there are works that God has ordained that you and I should walk in. There are works that he has ordained that you should walk in. So now here Jesus says, believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. But verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth in me the works that I do, shall you do also. And greater, say greater. greater. And greater works than these shall you do, because I go unto the Father. And whatever you shall ask, he didn't say ask the Father now. This word ask has to do with demand as your right. Whatever you shall demand as your right in my name, Jesus says, I'll do it. I'll back you up. The government is on my shoulder that the Father might be glorified in the Son. If you ask or demand anything in my name, I will do it. There is a realm of demanding. There is a realm in the use of the name of Jesus that has to do with making demands. Every time we go, if I go across to that thermostat over there, I don't have to beg and plead. All I got to do is punch a few little things and I can make a demand that it cool this place down another two degrees or that it heat it up. I do that. You can make a demand on the name of Jesus knowing what, knowing and having knowledge and understanding about the name of Jesus. I can make that demand through that thermostat because I know how it works and I know what it's capable of. I can't function outside of its capability. Are you with me? But so it is with the name of Jesus. So it's not that you're using the name of Jesus amiss or in vain. You're using it consistent with the character of Christ. You don't beg and plead for, for, for God to drive out a demon. Oh, Father, Father God, please, in the name of... Well, Father... <laughs> Lord, set this person free from this bondage. Deliver them from this demonic spirit. No, no, no. God says, Jesus says, you demand it in my name and I'll back you up. There is a realm of demand in the name of Jesus that we must also uh, be, be become, what should I say? What is the word I'm looking for? <laughs> skill that. Amen? Is there a better word than skill? There is a better word. Efficient. Efficient. Proficient. Any other efficient. Amen? <laughs> Now you see, you and I, we are God's agents on this earth. We are his, we are his sharp, sharp crushing instrument having teeth. We are his battle axe. We are here to bring deliverance to, 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 to mankind. We are here to bring the power of God to bear in situations. The Bible says in, in Isaiah chapter 61, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Because he had anointed me. What for? To preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of prison to those that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the vengeance of our God and to comfort those that are mourned. That name of Jesus is to, uh, there's a name of Jesus as it says, we have been sanctified, we've been washed, we've been sanctified, we've been justified by the name of Jesus and the Spirit of God. There is a working between the Holy Ghost and the name of Jesus that brings forth certain manifestations. 
Amen? So this is not to say that we are not to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the sacrifice of Christ. But Jesus says, wait here. Just, there's a revelation you need as well. And you better wait here until you receive power from on high. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Amen? So we're not leaving out the Holy Ghost. But here it says that anointing. It is, it is to help those, uh, to comfort those that are mourned, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes. When everything has been burned down and all you got is ashes, to give them beauty and the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that we might be called, that they might be called trees of righteousness planted of the Lord. The name of Jesus is for that purpose. So that you and I could be the instruments of God, the agents of God, the representation of God for the will of God to be done on earth as it is in heaven. According to what Jesus has already finished. Now all that you and I are, we are justified through that name. Everything that you and I are, we are because of the name. As he is, as who is? Jesus as Jesus is, so are you in this world. So you are to be as Jesus is. Amen? 1 John four seventeen. Everything about you, everything that you have in your born again spirit is all because of the name of Jesus. Jesus and his name are one. Matthew 18, verse, 18 to, verse 19 and 20. Jesus says, um, if two or three of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Why? Because where two or three are gathered together, in my name there I am. Where are you? In my name there I am. The name of Jesus represents Jesus. All that is in him is in his name. The full authority of Jesus Christ himself is in that name. And the Bible says he's given us that authority. Matthew 28 verse 18. He says all power in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Go therefore in my name. Philippians. He's been given a, because he was obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. Wherefore God had highly exalted him. And given him what? A name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven and earth. And of things under the earth. And that every tongue shall confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He's been raised up far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion. Amen. And we the church are his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And all things have been placed underneath his feet. There is authority in the name of Jesus. But that authority has to be exercised. The authority is useless if you don't use it, if you don't do something with it, if you don't act, if you don't speak, if you don't declare, if you don't demand, if you don't decree. Yes. Amen? Amen? The name has been given unto us, what for? To function as the very sons of God. For this purpose he was manifested. Now I know the scripture says for this purpose, he, 1 John 3, 8, for this purpose he was manifested, uh, the son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the enemy. Yes, but as he is, so are we. He is our example. We enforce what he has already done. Is that correct? Now if that is the case, then we can also read into that scripture. We are to function as the sons of God and destroy the works of the enemy. Well, the name of Jesus has been given unto us to function as the sons of God. Does that make sense? Jesus says, in my name you do what? Cast out devils. 
Amen? But now, turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Connected to that name of Jesus is the inheritance. Paul had said, as you turn into Romans chapter 8, Paul had said in Acts chapter 26 verse 18, he said that when God separated him um, and delivered him from the people to whom he was now sending him, he said in Acts 26 verse 18, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, and that they might receive forgiveness of sins. Let me drop something in here. There's a reason for forgiveness. Every time you hear forgiveness, you must also think, put right back in place for grace. Forgiveness positions you for grace. Say, I'm positioned for grace. Receive that. Say, I'm forgiven. No condemnation. No guilt. No shame. No insecurity. I'm perfectly positioned by the riches of forgiveness. Based on the blood of Jesus, for the grace of God. Hallelujah. Ah, ha, ha. I don't know about you, that tastes good. <laughs> Amen? And to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, and that they might receive forgiveness of sins and grace, and, and, and they might receive the inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith in him. That they might receive that inheritance by faith. Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So there is a connection to this inheritance and the name of Jesus. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, you're familiar with it. Read it from verse 14. The sons of God, as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Remember, the name of Jesus is to cause us to function as what? Sons. All of this here, all of this teaching, all of this studying, all of this meditating in the word, all of this equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry. What is it all about? It is to bring us to the place where we are functioning in Christ, where we are flowing in our life, where we are functioning as who we are, the sons of God. Amen? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again fear but you have received or the spirit of limitation you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry Abba Father the spirit himself bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God the spirit of God agrees we are, we are children of God the blood declares that we are children of God the word says we are children of God and they agree together in one and if we are children then we are what heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, we shall also be glorified together with him. So there is a, so connected to this sonship, this issue of an heir, is the issue of being an heir, and the issue of inheritance. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 1. Say inheritance. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 1. Reading from verse 1, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. But he had in these last days spoken unto us by his son. And today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. <laughs> he had in these last days, today, say today. today. Your salvation is nearer than when you first began. Your salvation is nearer than your believing. Amen? Because your salvation is already done. All right. You are discovering your salvation. He had in these last days spoken of us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all. Heir of all. Say heir of all. 
and of whom also he made the words, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins and put an end to it, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he had by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. The name of Jesus, he is made heir of all. This name is connected to inheritance. Say inheritance. Now, Jesus inherited everything. And that name of Jesus unlocks that inheritance. It unlocks the kingdom of God. Amen? As heirs, you and I have a right to the inheritance. I like to think of it this way. Because we are citizens of heaven... Citizens got rights. As citizens of Canada, you have rights where? You got Canadian rights. Well, we've got heaven's rights. Say, I got heaven's rights. Amen. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus accesses those rights. Because of the name, the name of Jesus is like the signature on the will, on the testament that enforces everything. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 and 4 that you were born again by resurrection. By resurrection, you've been begotten again to a living hope by the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ to an inheritance that is incorruptible, that is undefiled, that faded not away, that is reserved in that realm for you. The thief can't steal it. No one can. Amen? Now, what is involved in that inheritance? Hebrews chapter 10 verse 12 says, This man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, he sat down on the right hand of God. In other words, that one sacrifice ended it all. And it's finished, that's done, it is over. And the name of Jesus embodies what is finished. Here's what I want you to get. Because remember it says in First. Corinthians 6, 11, that we are justified, sanctified, washed, sanctified, and justified in the name. Everything that Jesus finished in his sacrifice is in that name. In other words, then the name of Jesus represents all of the redemptive value of the cross. All of the redemptive value of Calvary. All of the redemption that comes out of the sacrifice is embodied in the name of Jesus. That's why the name of Jesus will break the power of any curse. That is why the name of Jesus will bring deliverance from, from demonic oppression. That is why the name of Jesus will bring healing and, and, and healing to, to your physical body. Amen? That is why the name... Have you ever had a situation where... I, I, um, I mean, maybe there's a cap, there's a, some cap that is so tight, you know what I mean? You know, that, that, you, know, you know, canning, it could get so tight, and you need to open that thing, and somehow the other seem to not have enough strength. And you just say, in the name of Jesus, you come off! And it just twists and come off. How many of you have had that happen? Come on. Why? It's the name of Jesus is so powerful. Amen. And all of the redemption. Have you ever not find, you can't find something, but you know it's here. It's here. In the name of Jesus, I command it to what? Show up. Whatsoever you do, do all in word and in deed. Do all in the name of Jesus. Drive in the name of Jesus. 
Do the dishes in the name of Jesus. Work in the name of Jesus. Shovel the snow in the name of Jesus. Whatever you do in the name of Jesus. Understanding, recognizing the power, the authority of that name and your right to that name. Use the name of Jesus. It represents him. It represents every redemptive value that comes out of the sacrifice. Comes out of the cross. It releases the inheritance that is yours on earth according as it is in heaven. That it might be on earth as it is in heaven. So, oh, what is the conclusion of these things? Hmm? Everything that is in Jesus is in his name. And he says, live. You have life through that name. And he says in Colossians that whatsoever, whatsoever you do, do all. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus. Giving thanks unto God and the Father by him. I don't know about you, but I hear something on the inside of me that says that there's a dedication that we need to make to the name of Jesus. There is a holy resetting that you need to make where the name of Jesus is concerned. There is a diligent application of the name of Jesus, you know. This issue of diligence and doing certain things all the time is so important. This salvation... This deliverance, it's near, it's, it's already done, it's in the realm of the spirit. But how do you get it manifested? This salvation, the reality of it is the newness of life that we have that comes out of resurrection. How do we get it manifested? Psalm 70 verse 4 says, They that love is salvation. You love that salvation, you love that deliverance, you love what is already done and finished. How do you get it manifested? They that love is salvation. Let them say continually. Not sometimes. Let them say continually. Let the Lord be magnified. Okay, well let's break that down. God magnifies his word above all his name. So let them say continually the truth. It says God says I have no greater pleasure but that to hear my children are walking in truth. In other words then, how then does this great salvation, we must not let it slip, we must not neglect it, how does this great salvation, all that Jesus has finished, that is ours, this blessed with every spiritual blessing, how does this come into manifestation? We must say continually the truths about that salvation. We must say it how often? Continually. Well, so it is with the name of Jesus, which emphasizes each and every one of those things that are in that salvation. They that love his salvation, whatever they do, do all, all the time, continually, consistently, do everything in the name of Jesus. Appropriating the power and the authority of that name. Mixing your faith with that name. Declaring and speaking that name to the point. And because you do it with such a sense of holiness, it doesn't become watered down where it's meaningless. The problem, as you see, is when it becomes meaningless. And when it's just something you throw around. But it's a pearl. It is precious. It is powerful. It is a hammer. Amen? 
It's what God has given to you and I. It's what Jesus says belong to us. It's what the Holy Ghost works with. What for? So that you and I can manifest. Be the manifested sons of God. So that this world and creation that is vain and purposeless might get their purpose coming from us. In the name of Jesus.